I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, and we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is read all over the Handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Woo! Woo! Great. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome. Boy, what a week we've had. Boy, we on sure read have. all over. You guys are so stinking funny. You are so funny. <laughs> we love that Shannon has really taken off. I think Shannon herself would be really, really thrilled. I'm just like so happy everybody's talking about me because it is my birthday week. It's my week. birthday <laughs> week, so like I like way deserve it, but like it's still just like so <laughs> touching. I like really don't want to overdo this bit, but I. And this is probably my proudest creation is the Shannon joke. I think you should be super proud. You should Thank be you. so proud of yourself. I think Shannon, Shannon will outlast Gilead. <laughs> she will own it. Uh, she, will, she will one day be gifted Gilead. <gasps> During her birthday week. <laughs> Thank you guys for making your your funny Shannon posts yeah, and so otherwise great, like, memes. We'll repost them and, and We're give gonna. you a little bit more real estate <laughs> on the Red All Over Facebook page. Before we get into the action for episode six here today, we'd like to do a segment that we've been doing informally, but give it a name called Red All Over Again, where we discuss things we may have missed last episode. And the main thing that we're discussing, oh. this isn't even a thing that happened in the episode. So, okay. So it was just like a regular day of the week, people. <laughs> we're just hanging out. So when we posted on Wednesday, I tweeted at OT Fag, Fag ben- Benley. Fog- Fag Benley. Fag Benley. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Greek. Fag Benley. And a Fag Benley to you. And a, and a very merry Fag Benley to you. <laughs> so I had tweeted at him and I was, because we thought he seemed like the most likely candidate to listen to our podcast. And he totes retweeted us. Not only retweeted, like he retweeted us, he said, I listen to podcasts, which is not how he sounds. But <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, I'm I'm so embarrassed that I possibly mispronounced your name. And he just tweeted me today. He's like, that's okay. I was like, ah. Well, now I'm like, now I'm worried. Like if he listens to the podcast, we say such nasty things about Max Mangala. So what? No, I just, I feel... I have to sit in my truth, to be honest. I understand. <laughs> but it's like, also, then will he, like, be upset that you don't want to cut his butt up no. and put it on your face? Listen, listen. I haven't seen his butt. I've not been worthy enough to see his butt yet. And if I saw it, I probably would want to do stuff to it in a respectful, consensual way. He's a very, way. very attractive gentleman. And he so just cute. seems so nice. And so remember, everybody, it's Fag Benley. Fag Benley. Yes. So please pronounce it correctly from now on and follow him on Twitter because he's Absolutely a great guy. He has not as many Twitter followers as he should have. Let's get it up. Considering I just discovered he was in Looking. Mm-hmm. He played Augustine's boyfriend, Frank. Oh. Uh, Augustine being my favorite character in Looking. He oh. is a shiftless Cuban layabout. My favorite kind. My also favorite kind. Pathologically so. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he like, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil what happens in Looking. I loved Looking. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. It was like the Shannon of gay culture. Oh, boy. But I really loved it. It was shot here <laughs> in the Bay Area. That's right. Uh-huh. And my gay internet love, Levi Hastings, <laughs> who you can find also on the internet, he got to do like really cool promo art for HBO uh, in the second season. So anyway. Right on. So- that's my cool Looking connection. And OT was also in Silence in the Library and Forest of Death on Doctor Who, which oh. were like Stephen Moffat's first episodes in, oh, the, cool. in the season before he took over as showrunner. I have major-ish with Stephen Moffat. As do we all, Kelly. On a gender thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I love coupling, 
the British knockoff of Friends. Okay. Anyway, I have a very <laughs> complex relation with Stephen Moffat and his works, but those are two of my absolute favorite episodes of Doctor Who ever. And OT was Other Dave, and it was anyway. Nice. Yeah, so he's got this great career. Great. He played uh, Paul in Six Degrees of Separation for the BBC. And he co-wrote a Taiga song. So that's pretty amazing. He is a renaissance man. He sure is. He, wow. Just, wow. So anyway, we collectively, as the podcast, are dating O.T. Fag Benley now. He's our boyfriend. He's our boyfriend. Okay. I think he's married to a lady, but I'm pretty Actually, sure she's going to understand. Yeah, he's official boyfriend of the podcast, so yeah. he belongs to all of us yeah. uh, in so a it's boyfriendly not just me way. So Molly. It's like all of the Red All Over listeners, like he's collectively our boyfriend. Yep. So. Accurate. Congrats, redheads. (laughs) And if you have anything that we missed in a previous episode, please tweet it or put it on our Facebook page uh, using the hashtag or just telling us uh, red all over again. And we'll include it in the segment from now on. Yeah. All right. Ready to move on to episode six, comma, a woman's place. I'm ready. Oh, I am so ready. And I'm excited because I think we have some differing opinions on this episode. Yes. This is actually, I think this is my favorite episode so far. This was my least favorite episode so far. Conflict is the soul of drama, Molly. It's true. O.T. Fag Benley would tell you that. Mm -hmm. Because he (laughs) is a classically trained actor. (laughs) That is true. That is true. So uh, what do you make of, first of all, the, the title, A Woman's Place? Well, I thought, gee, I guess it's about a woman's place. And we find out later that it is an Atwoodian double meaning Mm -hmm. because a woman's place is the name of the book written by, drumroll please, Mm -hmm. Serena Joy. Boom. This is the Serena Joy backstory episode. Can I say this episode cemented for me something that I didn't realize until today? Serena Joy is my favorite character <gasps> in this. Oh my god. One bazillion percent she's my favorite character in this. She's not my favorite character in the book, but hot damn, she's my favorite character in the show. Look, and I'm I'm here for you. You're here for to me. Believe that, yeah. And you're here for Yvonne Strahovski. There. I'm pronouncing everyone's name correctly this time, guys. <laughs> So, all right. So we get right into... Yeah, so we have, um, in keeping with our sort of like the segments of the episode. Oh, good idea. So we have, there is an ambassador from Mexico visiting. Mm -hmm. And if you recall, the commander has been sort of talking to Offred and saying, hey, I'm dealing with this trade deal in Mexico because I'm a big muckety-muck in Gilead. Mm -hmm. So we see the fruits of that particular labor in this episode. We get... All of Serena Joy's flashbacks. Okay, so oh. segment two is segment two Serena, is Serena Joy. Joy's flashbacks, and then there's more Nick and Offred business. Yeah, so that's I think that's our three. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yes, and, and it's interesting though because the scope of everybody's social circle gets so much wider in yeah. this episode. We see characters interacting who we have not seen interact before. And people in different parts of the caste system mm-hmm. of Gilead interacting that we haven't seen. Sure. We get to see a lot of the dynamic between how do the wives and commanders interact in Ooh. a kind of diplomatic social setting. Ooh. And, you know, what what happens when an outsider comes into this world? Yeah. And boy, howdy. I So I want to be clear. I didn't dislike the episode. No, I know what you're saying. This was just like if I gave every other episode an a or a plus this would be like an a minus wow there were just a couple things that didn't work for me and we'll get to them awesome but i mean i still there are so many things to love about this episode oh, man so i don't want anybody to feel like i'm gonna be like <laughs> hey i hated this i did not hate this <laughs> i just did not love it in the way that molly did okay but i also i wouldn't say serena joy is my favorite character oh man who's your favorite character ah 
Aunt Lydia. Wow. <laughs> so we both have problematic faves. We have problematic faves, but it's also partially because it's like if I were in, like, I always do this. What? Hashtag recovering actor. But it's like I would get cast as Aunt Lydia. Oh, yeah. Like if, if I auditioned sure. for this, that is absolutely who I'd get cast as or like Aunt Elizabeth or like rando aunt number seven. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I pronounce aunt a whole bunch of ways. <laughs> who cares? Who's going to die? You pronounce my truth. Yeah. No one's going to die. You're fine. I certainly hope not. Well, okay. So let's take it by your segment. So we are going to do segment one, uh, the ambassador's visit. So I actually think the first scene of this episode ties into that segment pretty well because it's the handmaids washing the blood off the wall. And were you a little jarred when this first happened? Because the first shot we see of Offred after hearing, you know, the sex noises of the intro is we see her with like blood on her hat and the side of her face. Were you worried that like some harm had come to her? I don't think so. I don't know why not. No. <laughs> but like, I was like, ah, she's fine. She's fine. She's been through worse. <laughs> but I think it's. I in- thought maybe she just got her period again on her hat. You know how sometimes your period comes out of your ears? I do know. I do know it happened to <laughs> you me ever recently. Get sh- you ever get your period a little late and you start worrying that you're going to have an ear baby? No. <laughs> all the time okay um cool so yeah but i think we're invited to think that uh uh-oh something happened and then something did happen but they're cleaning it up was to see the wall without bodies which janine comments (laughs) on and she says i guess you get used to things being one way and you're like whoa because that's exactly what aunt lydia said in the Uh red center way way back Possibly when Janine still had an eye. Good memory, because Aunt Lydia says, and I looked this up, so don't get mad at me for misquoting things. Uh, <laughs> I looked it up, and she says, ordinary is only what you're used to, yeah. which is a it's a great callback yep. to that. Excellent. And so all the handmaids have been drafted to scrub the, the blood off of the wall. Oof. And Alma is talking to Offred and is like, uh, hey, the Mexican ambassador and her whole entourage are having dinner at your house tonight. Mm-hmm. And Offred's like, what? Like, I just, I love Elizabeth Moss. It's sort of like, why are you telling this to Leslie yeah. and me? That's a quote from <laughs> Strangers with Candy that I use frequently. But um, Alma knows this. She says that her commander told her he's got a small dick and a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they all, Kelly? Don't they all? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. Yeah. So, so Alma is like in on something, she clearly. Is, she's clearly in on something. We don't know exactly what. To what extent? But yeah. she's like, she's like almost like annoyed with Offred for totally. like not being aware. And Offred's like, I just started boning down. <laughs> well, because that's what we get in the beginning. Like she's like thinking about it, you know. Yeah, she's got, we get she's a lovely got, little flash of uh, Max Mangella at the very beginning, which is like, a, I consider that to be an act of feminism. <laughs> it's a little treat. They're like, hey, things get bad for women later in this episode. Look at a butt. Who cares? We're going to die. Like, Ooh, look at a butt. I mean, you know what? Take the small pleasures <laughs> where you can. Self-care is important. Hey, everybody, look at a good butt today. Yeah. Do it in a respectful way, but look at a good yeah, butt. Don't look at a butt that you're not supposed to look at. No, and, no, no. You know, but like, look at a, look at a consenting butt. All right. Have you finished doing that? Let's get back to the discussion. <laughs> uh, so, and I love the shot as they're leaving the wall and mm-hmm. they pour bleach down mm-hmm. on everything. And I think that's a shot we've seen a bunch in the promotional materials, yeah. which is jarring it's, it's and beautiful. Super, it's super promotion worthy. Yeah. IMO. Yeah. It's I agree. Great. 
I agree. And I think what is a great quick change is the way that she looks at the wall, you know, this symbol of death and blood and like the brutality of Gilead quickly changes to the scene where she's looking at the bed, which could be argued as the same signal symbol of like brutality and blood and guts and horrible things. So I love that. I'm bummed for her that she doesn't have a shower. She only has a bathtub. Yeah. And like, like for me, baths are a sometimes method of cleaning myself. I agree. I like a shower. It's convenient. It's mm-hmm. quick. But it looks like, and maybe she doesn't have one because you could hang yourself. I think from that's what a shower it is. Head. You can also drown yourself in a bathtub. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. I wonder <laughs> if they're allowed to shave at all. Ooh. Well, that's very interesting because I guess we haven't we seen haven't her re- bare no, we've seen armpits. her legs. Yeah. And there doesn't, but I mean, she's pretty fair haired. So it's possible that you wouldn't be able to pick up on it, but. I if I were a handmaid, you'd be like touching my legs when you're doing the ceremony and be like, ooh, hey, little <laughs> little fuzzy there. What's up, kind of what's up, kind of swarthy. <laughs> this is how I know it was spring and I haven't shaved my legs since winter began. I was walking the other day and I was like, is there a spider web on my leg? I keep feeling something like touching my leg. <laughs> no, friend, it was my leg hairs wafting in the wind. So it's time to make some changes. I know it's not feminist, but I love shaving my legs. It's fine. Like, they- I don't do it every day or anything. Yeah. But I just, I like that feeling. I like that clean feeling. Hey, Kelly, I want to invite you to think that it can be feminist. A woman doing something she enjoys that's not hurting anybody is a feminist thing. <laughs> I know that blows your dick off, but we have to end the podcast forever because my mind melted and is now dripping out of my nose. Well, I mean, that's a worthwhile tangent even so, because I think Serena Joy confuses. She calls what she does like domestic feminism. And I love everything about Serena Joy. Totally. Plotline. So I'm skipping ahead, but that's a that's a kind of that can certainly be a kind of feminism too as long as it doesn't do that extra step that I'm serena also, joy I'm does also wondering if we should diverge a little bit from our usual because i feel like the serena joy flashbacks are integral to the present day plot okay we can go linearly in a way that they haven't does that make sense or am i just over caffeinated uh, no they they tie well mm. No, I think let's let's take it se- in a segmented okay. way, please. Then we'll take it in a segmented way. Okay, so thank th- you for being here to help me make choices. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, so okay, so I guess the next thing that we see that I guess in the Venn diagram of the Serena plotline and the Mexico plotline, this is the inner circle. It's uh, she's kind of inspecting Offred to make sure she's ready to be presented to the guests. I also have a question. Mm-hmm. Throughout this episode, we see, I feel, more parts of the uh, Waterford house than we yes. have before. Did this bitch decorate the whole thing in wife blue? Yeah. That is sick. That's a power move. Also, do all the other wives do? Well, they don't because we saw the, the Putnam, Putnam house. Yeah. And theirs was like all done in white. So Serena Joy and like... I get it, Serena Joy. I am a color coordinator. Like I will do it. I am here to color coordinate. But it just feels like, wow, you really went for it. Okay. Well, what's great is now that we know how like how directly responsible for all this Serena Joy is, it's really funny that Homegirl was like, you know what? My color is actually blue. Mm-hmm. So all the wives wear blue. Hey, thanks. Bye. And, you know, like one of them was in the background saying, but I like blush and bashful. Shut up, Deborah. <laughs> I'm in charge for even nominally. So when she goes downstairs uh, for, you know, 
to be presented. We get action, Nick. Nick's Ooh. got a security earpiece, and I did not realize how attracted I am to a man with a security earpiece. <laughs> I was just like, mm, I want to whisper wow. some state <laughs> secrets. A really like ineffective security earpiece i think because the commander still had to go and like physically tell him like hey you can come here yeah. you would think he would be like <laughs> okay uh put the bird in the nest like something <laughs> like that but he's also in addition to action nick he's sad nick Whoa. because he got a taste of the offred and he mm. liked it and like we hear in that first scene she's like oh you know sorry nick we can only do it one time she has a real <laughs> She I was has just a real say. problem with being like, hey, dude, I'm attracted to. Let's have sex this one time. Mm-hmm. And then she has sex a bunch of times. You, you know, Alfred is like, all right, I'm going to try one of each of the Girl Scout cookies and then I'm done. And then hours later, she has the whole sleeve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, too real, Molly. Too, too real. soon. Too soon. <laughs> so I guess I'll wait to hold my I'll hold my uh, comments about that until we get to the Nick and nick and offred segment but she goes in to the parlor where the oh this is a good ass my, part. here's my note shout out token woman from mexico oh shit <laughs> and as a as a, a chicana woman watching this i was i had a similar reaction and then as soon as she's like no i'm the investor i was like orale orale mommy get it get it <laughs> Sorry, I went into the yellow for that. But if you knew my people, you would understand. I think uh, many people listening to this podcast know your people. They do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ambassador Castillo, which is important to note, like Castillo is like castle or like fort. So mm. <laughs> at Woody and Symbols, they're <laughs> happening. Uh, uh, so, yes, yeah, so we get the big reveal that her she's the ambassador, which is, I think, supposed to be a direct um in con- directly in contrast to Serena Joy, mm-hmm. who once had a similar point of power. And so they a- she asks Offred a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all should have had a PR coaching session with her. Oh, totally. Because like, they're all like acting like this is so important. I'm like, you needed to grill her in advance. And this is one of the things that made me dislike this episode. Mm-hmm. I would file this under a Mike Mulligan criticism. Okay. Because it's like, look, okay, if this is as important as we later find out it is, this girl needs to give canned answers that have been approved by Serena Joy and the commander. They should not be sending her in here unprepared with the only right. thing that they have said is, oh, yeah, like your dress looks fine. Don't embarrass us. Wow. That is interesting. You know, like you can't. If this trade deal is as important to Gilead as we've been led to believe, we've spent the last five episodes and, you know, bits and pieces being like, this is really important. It just really bugs me that they didn't bother to tell her what to say. Well, maybe. Because it it implies a level of agency (laughs) that is totally incongruous with everything that we've seen. And it backfires, too. Yeah. I, I mean, eventually. But I wonder if that's that belies a sense of they're like, she's so beaten down by us. She she's not going to. It could be arrogance. But yeah. I also just I'm so skeptical. Like, yeah, what we see of Serena joining these flashbacks and what we see of Commander Waterford in the flashbacks and what we've seen of him currently. These are not people who are going to leave something like this to chance. Yeah, you're right. That does seem slightly incongruous. You're right. I thought, I actually thought you were referring to when you began that talk, I thought you were talking about how come nobody briefed the ambassador about this, which also probably should have happened a little bit. But I think that she was briefed. 
However, she's doing her due diligence. I gotcha. And I do like, because this is, they they take it from a separate section of the book, but this question of Mm -hmm. are you happy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is definitely the analog. pauses for so long, I felt she should, like, (laughs) She should have been punished for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we don't really see the consequences. Maybe it's more that, like, it was long in TV time, but in real time, she was just like, no, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, just a yeah, slight it's, pause. It's hard to say, but. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this is an analog. Is it, is, it, is it a spoiler to say what part of the book this is? I don't think so. No? Okay, so this is an analog for those of you who read the book uh, to the beginning chapters where they meet Japanese tourists Mm -hmm. in Gilead, which is pretty much one of the only mentions of the world outside Gilead. And they have kind of a similar exchange. So I think this is a a good update to that. Uh, I I hate that when somebody knocks on the door, we hear the ambassador, not the ambassador, the commander says, come. Ew. I hate that. (laughs) There's a character on Mr. Selfridge. Uh, Uh, You can hear all about this on my other, other podcast, the Palm Court, a Mr. (laughs) Selfridge podcast. But there's a character that we hated. Mm-hmm. Who anytime somebody now he's like, "Come," and it's like, just say, "Come in." Add one extra Be a thing. Person, <laughs> quit being gross. Yeah, quit being gross. Oh, and they they get so excited because they have oranges. So, mm-hmm. and I I initially thought that all of these men were part of the ambassador's entourage, but it's actually all of these other commanders. I thought that as well. So. It was it was a little bit confusingly framed. Yeah. So uh, they send Rita to get oranges. Mm-hmm. This is where I bring up my pseudo intellectual film critic things. Well, oranges in film are a symbol of death, most famously in The Godfather, the first wow. Godfather. Because at the end of the film, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Godfather, stop listening for like five seconds. But when Don Corleone dies, oh. he is eating oranges with his grandson and, and doing the thing where you put the orange peel in your mouth. <laughs> I like that. And he's like chasing his grandson around and then he dies. And the grandson is like, ha ha ha, Pop Pop is being crazy. But actually Pop Pop is dying. So oranges are a symbol of death, which Ooh, is interesting. interesting in this context because there's a certain death that is coming to the handmaids wow it could also be i would think maybe a um, reference to like colonialism like bringing oranges from other other cultures and other parts of the world but i think you're right it's probably that film tropey kind of thing please tell me your reaction (laughs) to the commander's terrible spanish oh my god i was just gonna say that so he uses very weird spanglish I don't know why he's... St- I like to think that in his mind, he's like, this will be dope. I'm going to start this sentence in Spanish and like I'll do the whole rest of it in flawless Spanish. And then he got nervous. <laughs> so like he stops it. And then I think he like in his head, he's like, oh shit, I don't know how to say handmade. Uh, fuck it. The rest is in English. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Biblioteca. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I... To be honest, knowing how like snarky malarkey uh, TV offer it is, I was kind of expecting her to come in and say, hola. <laughs> that would have cracked me up. I also translated uh, her name in Spanish would be De Frederico. So that's kind of funny. Oh, that's a lot better than Alfred, honestly. Yeah. It sounds a lot better. Well, a lot of like Spanish, like last names, like if you're like De La Cruz, it's oh, like yeah. of the cross and, and things like that. So it's a, it's not an uncommon naming convention in Spanish necessarily. But so I think this explores an interesting thing that gets talked about a little in the book, because in the book, Alfred doesn't say 
explicitly that she's being raped by the ceremony. What she says is like, it's not rape exactly. We had a choice if you could call it a choice. Yeah. And it's like the choice says, is, this is, this is what I chose. This is one of the other things that didn't, well, I, this comes in at the end. So I think let's wait to talk about it until the end of this whole plot line. Doesn't the ambassador say something she like call it rape? She says, you're making a <laughs> tremendous sacrifice. No, you're right. But I'm just saying, okay, you're right. I don't think the word rape gets used. You're right. Not with the ambassador until the end of this entire arc. Okay. So, but I think we should explore now even the notion of choice because there's really, if it's under duress, it's not quite a choice, right? No, it's not. If the choice, if the choice air quotes is go to the colonies, wipe toxic waste or die or have sex with this, get, get yeah, raped yeah, yeah. by no, this and guy. I'm not saying that it's not rape. Like that's not my point. My point <laughs> no, I is know. just that she can't, because of the direction that she's under, she can't say that in this She's in front of all the commanders. Right. And she's being put on the spot. Totally. In this way where it's like, oh, if I say the wrong thing, <laughs> it's colonies for me regardless. Totally. All right. So then they go, oh, man. So during the hors d'oeuvres portion of the evening, Ambassador Castillo really lays into Serena Joy. And as soon as she started talking about Serena Joy's backstory, I was just like, so excited i can't wait because th- honestly there was a very real part of me that was like i guess maybe they're not going to talk about this yeah. but oh they talk about they it they do talk about it and it's very exciting so do we want to say yes to that now yes. and then come back to a bazillion ambassador event that happens a bazillion times okay. yes so so she- serena joy was not a televangelist no but she was much more in the line of like a phyllis schlafly where she wrote books about how women should serve men. Yeah. And the first thing that we see after she's sort of been like, okay, Offred, like you seem like you're not going to like shit the bed on this whole thing. (laughs) And she goes into the hallway and she sees the commander and she flashes back to them having sex and like quoting the Bible to each other. Yeah. That was real gross. (laughs) It was pretty disgusting but i also but also look i've known a lot of really super religious people in my life and people who are very biblically inclined Mm -hmm. and this i thought this is the best you can get yeah if you want to be having godly intercourse which is really important to a lot of people sure i thought it was very sweet and it made oh my gosh me too it made me not hate the commander for like five seconds oh my gosh i was so excited to see this happening i don't know why (laughs) it like filled me with joy you you ship this husband and wife i do i do well honestly it answers it fills in the blanks that we had when we were reading the book we're like is she crying because she she loves the commander and this this tv show seems to come down pretty firmly on she loves him and i love that i'm into that her that's what was beautiful that's what's amazing is that this this is not what it might be in the book mm-hmm. which is a marriage of convenience mm-hmm. this was a love match oh. from way back and not only a love match it was an intellectual match oh my god i think that is just a gorgeous bit of storytelling it i is love gorgeous that gorgeous and so heartbreaking i know it's I know. so heartbreaking and he he's such a male ally to her anti woman feminism of course it's but it's also that's also kind of beautiful i don't know i think so 
we that's a lot to unpack because <laughs> well, a lot happens in these flashbacks we get some context for congress being slaughtered yeah wait you're going I've, too fast i've been begging for forever i know i know, I know. i'm just so excited i know you're congress. gonna blow your load just hold on <laughs> so speaking of blowing loads i think that kelly kelly dispersed into a cloud of mist <laughs> uh, so it's very keeping with the commander's Care, ultimate character that he tells her as they're about to have sex he goes i'm not your boy toy you have to romance me i'm like oh he does he he just he, the commander needs a little grease to get the wheels going he certainly does for somebody who claims like not to believe in love like he certainly like is being it's he needs power. a little bit he wants supplication i think it's not that he necessarily needs the love uh-huh. but he needs to be made to feel valuable Totally. So I love that. Then I think the next flashback. So so the command, the ambassador says that like she was arrested. So she's like quite a radical. She's a firebrand. And she, she incited a riot. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved it all. She I loved it all. She incited a riot of anti-feminist feminists. It's like Inception. So then I think the next, <laughs> I think the next thing that we see is her kind of pitching the commander a society based on fertility and i wrote in all caps in my notebook oh fuck this was all her idea which is so sinister and so just like achingly great (laughs) seems a little upset to have been taken at her word huh beautiful and i actually was in an argument a facebook argument this week thank you hats off to you oh my gosh thank you i can't believe you have that kind of time I'm a hero. It wasn't really an argument. It was a a discussion where somebody was saying that like there wasn't an Ivanka in um, Gilead. And I said, absolutely Uh, not. Serena Joy is the Ivanka. She is. And And she's the wife, not the daughter. Their argument was that like Serena Joy actually doesn't have any power. So how could she be the Ivanka? And I said, she's the Ivanka in, in as much as she's totally complicit with a system that hurts women and so let's also not forget about ivanka ivanka only has power as an extension of her father absolutely in every facet of her life i'm not just talking about the white house i'm talking about her entire business her entire you know brand Mm -hmm. is all based on being the child of this successful question mark i mean more Guy. successful than you or i i guess i guess <laughs> i've never tried to but own i've a never real declared bankruptcy so nor have i i don't know i don't have time to come up with a unified rubric <laughs> of whether or not we are more or less successful than donald <laughs> trump so let us stick uh, with the story so yeah i think that's a the worthwhile comparison i also love so i think the next flashback is he's like come home from a long day of work in this like doofy white jacket. I was confused. I was like, are you a doctor? What I thought that doing? too. Nope. Just he likes to wear this weird white coat. He's a very weird dude. So he comes in, he's super stressed out, and he says that they met for like hours and hours, and everybody's fighting and arguing, and it's so frustrating. And she's like, hey, we're going out. And he's like, I just want to go to bed. And she's like, we're going no, out. No, she said that wasn't a suggestion. Yes. Oh, it, that got me wet. <laughs> So they go to the movies, and it's an MGM movie. MGM produces this show. Nice little bit of vertical integration. Did you know what movie it was? Because I kept waiting for it, them to like be done with their discussion, and then to be like, presenting the love guru. No. <laughs> no, but they do talk through the whole movie. 
Well, they talk through, honestly, they're talking through like the trivia that comes up okay. before the movie. No, but I think during the movie, because he gets a text during the movie. Oh, is that what we're supposed to yeah. get? I thought they were. He got a text. And he's like, oh, the orders have been given. They're going to hit the White House, the Capitol building and the court. Isn't that terrifying? Cause they, they, mm-hmm. on, what is great about the explicitness of this show is they put the commander and Serena Joy almost directly responsible for all of this shit. Yeah. And that is terrifying, but a wonderful choice. Also, you know they're wealthy because they got that big-ass popcorn and those <laughs> big-ass drinks. Like, I don't even get that, and I'm doing okay. Like, I bring my own popcorn. <laughs> to- Something else that's interesting, Serena Joy was into flower arranging pre-Gilead. Oh, where'd you see that? In the scene before they go to the movie, she's arranging flowers. She's cutting them and arranging them in a vase. Boy, if that isn't a rich lady's hobby, I don't know what is. Like, anytime (laughs) I get flowers, I'm like, thank God! And then I just throw them in a vase. I've seen you do it. Yep. I've seen you do it. You're the only one who buys me flowers, Maldol. (laughs) I just want to romance you so you'll help me overthrow the society and start a fertility-based world. I'm not your boy toy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny that uh, what she says to the ambassador Castillo, who's like kind of questioning what good this world is. And she says something like we've reduced carbon emissions, which is funny to me that like just taking billions of women off the road like did oh so much for the environment. Oh my God. It's so dead. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> wow. So that was uh, interesting. I wonder like literally what could account for that. Like if you take all the women, all the gays, all of the people of different religions off the road, I guess. <laughs> so maybe that's something we ought to look into. That's honestly, okay, that's okay, okay, the most okay. weight. Alternatively, what if we took men off the road? Oh God. You know, women are better drivers than men. That is the most inconvenient truth I have ever heard. <laughs> I got it. Sorry, then. Al Gore. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So what else is there to say on this? God, there's so much to be there said. There is a great scene oh, of God. the commander, and it seems it's it's post the coup. Right. And he's talking to another commander mm-hmm. about Serena Joy, and he's lobbying so hard to get her an official position with the government. In the room where it happens, a room where it happens, a room Aaron where Burr it so happens. Much. I had a dream that I played Aaron Burr the other night, and I've honestly not been able to like deal with reality. Sidebar, is that who you would want to play? Or George Washington. I want to play Washington. That's oh my, my God. Thing. Are I we both p- G.Wash? Yes. <laughs> anyway. We're talking about Hamilton, if you don't know. Uh, and if you don't know then you know know. (laughs) madam redheads he's arguing this guy and trying to get her in there but he just he can't do it it's it's part of the principles of the government well the framing of this scene is so good because we see like serena joy in her like first lady costume outside of the door and he comes out and tells her like i did my very best yeah you should be in there you're honestly what we're saying i mean to call back to the tangent everybody hates but the woman is the neck in this situation. <laughs> Does every I love this callback. I love it. It's our podcast. <laughs> um, but he's like really saying to her, like, I think you should be in there. I think you're the smarter one. And she leaves. And as soon as she leaves, the other commander comes out and a little bit of like locker room type yeah. talk ensues where he's like, you know, 
we tried to to let them be in charge, but they just they they can't handle it. They have too much to think about. They'll be so much happier when they have less to think about. And yep. it's just like and the commander doesn't say shit, even though he knows he has a wife who is smarter than he is and who is savvy. So and honestly, we see him being semi woke here. Yeah. Like, as woke as somebody who wants to build a society <laughs> based know. on limiting women's civil rights. Yeah. Can but, be, but I mean, he he recognizes her gifts and that she's an extremely capable person. She framed the economy of mm-hmm. Gilead. It, to a T, meticulously she did. And we see in one of the present day scenes, so after the dinner with the ambassador, which like doesn't go as well as they had hoped. Right. Because, and we hear the commanders say, it was a mistake to invite <sighs> the wives. I hate and that. And Serena Joy is saying to him, you know, we can go over all the points, we can prep. And he's like, no, I'm going to wing it. And so we get the sense there was a time when he embraced mm-hmm. and welcomed her input, and now he's just pushing her away, absolutely, and behaving as if this wasn't her idea. I think that's the, and that's what hurts. That's this is why her entire plan coming to fruition, and he is refusing to let her take part in it. And that's what's so sad about seeing these flashbacks is we see how they used to be a team, and now they're so they're, they're so distant. They're so distant. They're so. And we do find out definitively in this episode they are not supposed to have sex with each other. Ah, I know. Well, before we move on to yeah. that, because God, do I want to talk about that? But just to go back slightly to the scene between the two commanders, I want to say this is where we need male feminists to step up in this show and in general. It's like it is not enough for you as a man to tell me that you coach let's say your daughter's volleyball team <laughs> or that you have so many feminist friends. That's a, that's good, but that's not enough. You don't need to tell women how you believe in women. You need to tell men to their faces when it's awkward. You need to tell other men that you believe in women and you need to not let them get away with and it. And you need to back women up exactly. when they need your help. Allison Mick has a great tweet. We've talked about mm-hmm. Allison Mick before. Oh, friend of the show. One of my favorite tweets of all time is, you're not a male feminist if you only tell women about it. Absolutely. So if you're a man listening to the show, we appreciate your listenership, but just remember, that's the essential step that men who love women and who want women not to be in Gilead need to take. Feminism without good works is dead. Ooh. All right. Now let's talk about having sex with the commander in a nice way. Well, we have to talk about then the end of the ambassador thread. Okay. To get to there, I think. I'll save my song for when we get to you have a song? No, that song that I just sang. (laughs) It's more of a rap. So we find out that all of the handmaids are going to be permitted to attend this huge event. <sighs> There's this big event and they all arrive and Serena Joy is there in a dope, very cool. colored gown. Very cool. Very beautiful sweetheart neckline. Mm-hmm. She's got a very beautiful chignon. Chingun. Chingun. That doesn't. That sounds no, like a slur. It does. That I don't know how to terrible. pronounce that hairdo, but you're right. But uh, she's there and Aunt Lydia is so excited. You know, she's saying, girls, when you get inside, you know, I mean, they're still treating them like, you know, animals. Did did you hear that part where Janine was like, I'd like to stay and taste my first (gasps) champagne. And she goes, yes. And Aunt Lydia says, no. (laughs) 
I realize now that you're fucking with me because I am the most gullible human being alive. Anyway, but I think like in the book, I think we should pay attention to who gets called girls and who gets called women. Yes. And, and it's the handmaids get always. called girls always. So Aunt Lydia is like, don't pick your nose. Don't like pick your teeth. Don't mm-hmm. poop on anything. And she goes, I'm looking at you, Linda. <laughs> Don't poop on anything. I'm looking at you off Dylan. <laughs> we got it off Dylan. I was like screaming <laughs> off Dylan and off Tim. But not a single off Kyle. Well, off Kyle wasn't busted. So she got to sit at the table. <laughs> that was upsetting when they okay, made. Yeah. So uh, Serena Joy comes out and she says, okay, but we can't have the damaged one. And Aunt Lydia goes to bat for the handmaids. I loved this scene Mm -hmm. so much. And I think I thought that when I was watching it, like, I'm going to love this scene because it's this great moment for Aunt Lydia. And you're going to love this scene because it's a great moment for Serena Joy. I love Because Aunt Lydia, as twisted as it is, loves these girls. Oh, man. And I think we really see that beautifully when she comforts Janine with her real name. Mind you, this is the woman that almost literally pulled her eyeball out of her face and is now being so not sweet, but like, well, yeah, sweet. She's being sweet sweet to her. And even Janine really, really wants to go to the party. I know. And they don't get to do anything ever. Ever. This is the most exciting thing that they've ever gotten to do in Gilead. Yeah. And a bunch of them can't go because they've been cattle prodded or they've had an eye taken out. Now, I don't know if just the color was down on my TV, but I couldn't see anything visibly off with any of the other women. They, yeah. You had to look a little bit with some of them. One of them, one of them also didn't have an eye. Okay. Um, and there were several who had cattle prod. Okay. Burns, there we go. That kind of thing. Because I, off Tim, I thought was just an Asian woman. And I thought they were making a, a, a statement there, but she no, must have she, something she else. She had something okay. on her neck. All right. So I need to get my TV fixed. Yeah, I think you there's should something get your wrong. TV fixed. <laughs> They're dismissed. And, and Janine pitches a fit and aunt Lydia goes up and says, I'm going to see to it personally that you are sent a whole tray of desserts. I cried. I I'm, am about to cry. I'm about to cry now. Janine <laughs> says, cross your heart. Or, or I think aunt Lydia says, cross my heart. And Janine says, hope to die. And Aunt Lydia says, hope to die and kisses where her eye used to be. And there's just this amazing tenderness. I know. And I guess sort of just the reminder that abusive relationships don't exist Mm. in this unrelenting vacuum of abuse. You know, abusers reel you back in with these moments of tenderness. And what we know about Aunt, Aunt Lydia thinks she's doing the best thing she can do for the world, for these girls, for society, mm-hmm. for God, whatever yeah. her motivations are, her methods are brutal, but her intentions are pure. I think so. I would say that Serena Joy's intentions are slightly less pure. Oh, absolutely. Because Serena Joy is more about elevating Serena Joy, whereas Aunt Lydia is just like, no, let's just do, we're doing the work. Of course. And Serena Joy wants to be in the room where it happens. Absolutely. Aunt Lydia is totally content being at the Red Center. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I th- in I the birthing that's... room and all those things. So they, they have the girls file in in two lines, like Madeline. <laughs> and oh, you thought we weren't going to reference children's literature? Think again. <laughs> Think again. They go in and we get something, I think, from Alma says she thinks she went to a bat mitzvah there uh, before. Very funny. Gilead, yeah. Hilarious. And it, it's, it's a beautiful ballroom and we don't know enough about Boston to know where this is supposed to be. So if you know... 
Let us know. Uh, I guess Cambridge. <laughs> right. It's so weird that so many important people live in Cambridge. Like, I'm very curious, like, mm. why this is the capital. Right. I mean, it's not because, I mean, clearly there's still stuff going on in D.C., but, like, why yeah. is all this diplomatic activity happening here? Mm-hmm. I'm a little curious if it has to do with the fact that Harvard Divinity School was one of the earliest higher education institutions in the country. Yeah. You know, or if there's any kind of backstory there. We don't get that backstory, but we'll see yeah. for Serena Joy backstory. We're totally Oof. we're chill. We're chill, Bruce yeah. Miller. It's cool. What an embarrassment of riches in Serena's <gasps> backstory oh, we got. I wrote down this is a line from Aunt Lydia. This is how she explains to Janine why she can't go to the party. Sometimes we have to do what is best for everyone, not what is fair. Which is true. <sighs> which is true and it's horrible, but it's true and it's just terrible to see it in this very horrible context absolutely oh gosh boy that's scary so i think what i liked best about this scene which i also cried through (laughs) (laughs) the thing i liked i I, well the thing i liked about this scene was the commander is second guessing serena joy and she's like no 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 trust me you gotta hit him with the old razzle dazzle well because he says they should have been here before everybody arrived and i'm like what the handmaid I know. I thought so, too. I was unclear what he was talking about, but then I'm going to let you tell this because I know SJ is your girl. I actually have a little preamble before the, like, big reveal, but... um so when she gets up to speak, they pan out and the look of disgust on some of the men's uh-huh. faces that a woman is getting up to speak publicly, which, let's face it, has probably not happened for a long time, was mm, well, we are, delicious. We are shrill. Oh, gosh. Yes, I've heard. <laughs> so so she gets up and she gives great speech. Amazing speech. Very good. Uh, and then she presents the, the children, children of, of Gilead. Gilead. And there's only like five, which is terrifying. Also, this would have been another great point for them to do a little song and dance and be like, the sun has gone to bed <laughs> and so must I. So we see Offred. Under his eye. <laughs> under his eye. Under his eye. All right, I'm done. Uh, so Offred yeah. is frantically scanning to see if Hannah is among them. She's As was not. I. But I mean, if if the point is these are the children of Gilead, my understanding would be these are the ones that were born and lived. Oh, of course. You know, from a handmaid. <laughs> oh, I see. So you don't think they're they're counting they're not children counting pre from before kids. That makes sense. And we see the ambassador and her assistant are just Floored. overcome. They oh. cannot even. They're like niños. <laughs> And somewhere from the back of the ballroom. But it's my birthday week. Shannon. You're damaged. Come on. Of Kyle. Of Kyle. (laughs) Quit being mouthy. So, yeah, that was insane. And they just brought the... Oh, here's an interesting thing. Welcome back to Man Keeper Music Minute. (laughs) (laughs) A segment I just coined. Uh, Mitchell says that the song that's playing as they come in is a hymn called All Things Bright and Beautiful. And it's got some pretty... All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small. Okay, so you're familiar. All things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Yeah. Do you know the verse about the the rich man in his castle? No, I don't know that. Hold on, I should have... You mean his castillo? Wow! I remember things that you tell me. you, my... Oh, it's not in this version. There was a like lyric about a rich man in his castle. Huh. Okay, Mitch was wrong when he quoted this. But anyway, that's a intri- A man was wrong. 
alert the press <laughs> ah, boy uh yeah so it's a it's a song about praising god for all that he's given you and he has given these people other people's children basically so that's pretty <sighs> scary i think that's very scary so they come out and they're kind of romping around and the commander is geeked on it like he, he comes and holds like such a wax dummy though yeah and it is a choice yeah. It's a choice that they've made because when we see him in the past, he's not stiff like this. Yes. In the past, he is like a human being almost. Bendy. Yeah, he's bendy. He's got he, joints that work. He eats popcorn. Yeah. He tucks his shirts in, which should have been the first sign that something's going on. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's obviously a big, big, big deal that and there's all these babies. It's in this scene, right, when Alma's like, hey, dummy, yeah. the trade deal <gasps> is us oh no and alfred does the thing that elizabeth mott does again and goes what (laughs) it's just elizabeth moss what face oh my gosh but that's horrifying i am pretty sure i screamed fuck no bitch at my tv did you see it coming or was it a surprise it was a surprise i can't believe because it makes perfect sense Mm mm-hmm but I mean, they frame it. They frame the ambassador's interest in Alfred as sort of a curiosity and their strange customs. Because right. that's the whole thing with the dinner at the commander's house. It's like, oh, it's so strange the way that you live. Ho 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 ho! And then you get here and you're like, oh no, mm-hmm. they're they're gonna take this. This is gonna happen everywhere now. They're trying to export Gilead. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I love the choice. It's what an excellent the extrapolation from the book. I have to give the people who made this show so much, so much credit for starting with a, a source material and building that world so perfectly that, you know, it, uh-huh. it, it fits. It tracks. I wonder, I would like to want, know if they had like a conversation with Margaret Atwood and say like, hey, if you were writing this today. Mm-hmm. what else would you add? And I wonder if even, we've talked about this in previous episodes, if Margaret Atwood has like a Gilead, like encyclopedia. That like a she, Tolkien-esque. Mm-hmm, that she wrote while writing this book to kind of well, keep track of it. from various profiles of her that have been done recently that she has a batch of like the clippings that she used. Right. But no word on whether she sort of like mapped those out. But I mean, yeah. she would do clippings based on like, because it was, the rule was nothing that, Right. Hadn't really happened. Exactly. This is another man interjection, but a good point, I think. So Mitch said when he was seeing all of these women like going into the ballroom, he said, can't the ambassador tell that something is going wrong? Because why would she be able to see women dressed like this so clearly oppressed and not get it? And I brought up the point to him that it's it's like when people unilaterally that would be like when people unilaterally assume that like a hijab is oppressive yep so if she's hearing from these people just like we hear from some women who wear a hijab uh, that like they're okay with it mm-hmm. she's right to take them at face value yeah it's like well if you if the point is that you trust women you don't have a lie detector like you can't tell right and that's on obviously not to directly compare the no, two no, but no. it's just like but it works for some and it doesn't work for others. Also, she has a vested interest in them being okay with this. Oh, totally. I mean, is this a good time to wrap up the yeah. ambassador storyline? Well, because, oh man, well, everything really dovetails here at the end because yeah. the Offred and Nick stuff has just been them like sort of like dancing around everything mm-hmm. the whole episode. And I, and I blame this show for getting me turned on by like light hand holding. 
I miss forbidden love slash lust so bad. Oh man. That was my note. I was like, Oh, I miss skulking around. I know. It's such a good time. Oh, such a good I love time. love it. Not that I'm doing it. I just mean at the times that it has yeah. been happening in my life. So there's a couple things that go on here. Let's talk first about the Serena Joy commander sex scene. I cried during that. Does that make I me weird? I think that I may have also cried. I cried a lot during the show. I cried. I was so happy. And But they aren't supposed to have sex. And he says to her, and I think this is the hottest thing I've ever heard a man say, I forgot how amazing you are. That's when I started crying. No, he says, you're oh, yeah. amazing. It says, uh, you're an amazing woman. You're an amazing woman. I'd forgotten. I sobbed. <laughs> oh my God. Because this is what she's wanted. She's had to hide her light under a bushel for so long. And now she's finally getting this approval. And I couldn't tell if at the end, did he lose his erection or no? It's I don't know. She there seems was some, happy. There was something so... at the end of the scene that felt a little like, blah, blah, but I Gosh. couldn't tell for sure. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and look at it again. I just watched it and I didn't quite get that impression, but I was kind of worried that was going to happen. So redheads, if you have a different interpretation of that, say if your your team hashtag no boner or <laughs> hashtag boner to completion. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so, but gosh, and you know what else I found interesting about this was that she also misses being on top, mm-hmm. both uh, oh in gosh. power and yeah. as a sexual move. Yeah. So I thought that was great. Again, don't understand, but. You know what? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, love what you like. You know, you know what, though? It. This is really good PR for being on top, though, because now I'm thinking, like, do I like that? Maybe I like that. So I'm, I'm uh, like, 80% more inclined to I, uh, be on top so after this show. I like to be on top if he's doing all the work still. I mean, to be honest, that's what it devolves into, because I have trouble with, like, rhythm keeping. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, welcome back to oversharing with, with Kelly and Molly. Alfred, after the banquet, like storms over to Nick's, mm-hmm. and this to me seems extremely risky. Oh yeah, she walks over just bold as you please to his room, and she goes off, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh my god, like they're gonna trade us." And this is this is the beginning of what really bugged me. Hmm. So she's going off to him. I like when he like calls her off right and she's like, don't call me that. My name is June. And like, this is cool. And she's like, I should have said something. I should have said something. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, uh, a lot of things happen in here. No. What is the final scene? I can't remember what the final scene is for some reason. I think it, the final scene is like this, this last her confrontation of the episode are kind of jumbled, but no, I know what it is. It's, is it's, it her brushing her teeth? Or is it Nick? No. Nick I, has a box and we finally find out what's in one of his boxes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go there. Okay. That's, I think that was the very end. But so Alfred is going down to go for her walk and the ambassador is In there. her like sweater? That was weird. She's yeah, wearing well, like a different outfit to the day. <laughs> so the ambassador's down there and nobody else is around and Alfred starts telling her the real deal. Yeah. I did not like this. Because yeah. I found it extremely unlikely Agreed. that they would encounter each other and be permitted to be alone for that long. Yep. Why this ambassador doesn't have an enormous security detail with her, yeah. I do not understand. Yeah, all she has is flores. Because she should <gasps> have, she should have, there should be angels. Mm-hmm. We should bring back Officer Goober yeah. from 
Oh, Fred, please don't talk to the ambassador. Oh, what a blessed day. <laughs> the ambassador's here. We're all having a great time. Are you are you pregnant still or no? Oh, no. no it didn't work out? No. Okay. Bummer. Well, but so she... Yeah, you're right. And this is where we get all... You know, they rape us and they be... And this... Okay, look... I'm all about her trying to get this information to this woman. I'm just very skeptical that me, they would have had this much time together. Me too. There was a part of me that expected like at the end of the scene for her to be like that part in the Christmas story where she's like, but I didn't say that. What yeah. I said was, <laughs> oh, fudge. Well, you know, she she's talking about we're human beings. Blah, blah, and I'm like, offer your, your privilege is showing a little bit here. I know. I knew. Because... Yeah. Slavery makes the world go round. So doodle, and like, and I knew from the very beginning that nothing was going to happen from this. But I, I had one joke. What if what if the show was like, oh, whoops, Gilead's over, episode five, we're Just flying kidding. kites for the rest of the show. Yay! <laughs> when she was like, what are you going to trade us for, chocolate? And I'm like, nah, bitch. You know those wives have been missing their avocado toast. <laughs> Like, you're going to get some avocados from Mexico for a birthing mobile, okay? Like, you know that's what it is. Well, alternatively... The wives are like, who exports rosé? Let's get them next. <laughs> so here's my other question. If they're getting traded to Mexico, uh-huh. isn't it plausible that they'll be treated better there? Why? I don't know. It's pl- I'm saying it's plausible. It's nah. possible. I think that you get, like, a starter guide. They're like cattle prod yeah they're like they, here. i wonder will they send ants with them yes tias yes <gasps> oh my god tia lydia <laughs> it's it's a heart-wrenching performance from elizabeth Everybody. moss and she gives Man. it her all elizabeth moss has some great micro expressions in this it, episode this whole episode for her is very black swan she deserves it's a face very Emmy. black swan there's a lot of like you know tight close-ups on her face she mm-hmm. looks real rough yeah she deserves a face emmy a face oscar a face tony and a face nobel face prize i loved it she's got a great acting face good for her um, she says you know the the ambassador says don't uh i'm sorry and she says don't be sorry please do something but again offer it you just don't understand economics serena joy would never make these mistakes no uh, I think don't be sorry, please do something is like the thesis for this whole podcast. No, and I wrote it down because I'm like, fuck, I need to be more active politically, probably. I know. So, um, this you is mean a- doing a snarky Handmaid's Tale podcast doesn't count as political activism? Well, color me surprised. Um, actually, boy, am I red all over? <laughs> oh, boy. I actually, so this is my question that I put to redheads because I, I promise I tried to do my due diligence here but I came up with Cero she says she's from a place in Mexico about the size of Boston called Sipica I believe I don't have subtitles on my version so I didn't know what that was but I hunted around and I don't see any Mexican cities that sound close to that if you can see it the thing that makes it sound in Spanish would be like an X or like possibly a sea. So hunt around, see what you can find. Maybe it's a made up place, it but I'm not place. certain, but I promise I tried to find the answer for you and I just was having trouble. So help me, please help me help you help me help you. Ayudame, Chicana redheads, please. I want to point this out. Okay. Something that nobody in Gilead or anywhere has been willing to accept. What? And I understand that I am personally in a very nihilistic place right now. Oh, boy. If God is real. Okay. (laughs) So let's posit God is real. Okay. Yes. Secondly, your fertility is failing 
and nothing that you're trying seems to be working. Oh, I see. Thirdly, is God trying to tell you something? Shut it down. Yeah. God's God's like, woof. Like he went out for cigarettes, <laughs> inexplicably came back. He's like, oh, I forgot my keys. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> what I miss, guys? Oh, no. Shit about that earth insurance. <laughs> yeah, but maybe. Like nobody, nobody in the entirety of the human race is ever willing to be like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't keep going keep trying yeah i well, i don't know from a moral perspective if that's good or bad <laughs> i'm just saying i wonder we've had a decent run well then if we're going with this theory then that god exists you know that theory yeah sure why not uh, doesn't it possible <laughs> doesn't it mean something significant that a lot of like gay people are still able to have kids like wouldn't to me that would mean like we should revere the gender traders because a lot of them have proven to be fertile Mm -hmm. i guess if we have like off glenn and yeah but like they're gay though i know i'm just think about how they were gay because i think if you thought about it long (laughs) enough you would be squicked out and you wouldn't think that anymore oh right you'd be like way disturbed uh so i you're right I I guess you're right. (laughs) So you see that if we're going to tie up the ambassador storyline, we have, I believe his name is Flores, which is funny because flowers. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) Like flowers. (laughs) (laughs) If I have it wrong, I'll be, if I have his name wrong, I'll be so embarrassed. But Flores does mean flowers. So if he's Flores, Mm -hmm. then it's Atwood going, (laughs) get it in Spanish. (laughs) Um, So he. She's so sardonic. She is. uh, So the ambassador leaves and Flores is there and he's like, yo, I can't help you help you, but I will say your husband is alive. And we're like, he's like, I'll get him a message from you. And he knows a bunch about Alfred and he knows a bunch about Luke. And he asks her to write that message, which I think that's the last scene. Cause I don't think we yeah, see you're what right. she that writes. Makes sense because the only scene then that we haven't covered is that the commander asks Alfred to his study. So I think this is how it, ha- I think Nick's like, Hey, the commander wants to see you. Post Serena Joy doing it. No. No? That's before. I mean, I think. Oh, this was the night of the ambassador dinner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we just skipped this completely. Yeah. But so this is where we get the. uh, I don't know why, like, commander and ambassador have become the same word in my It's okay. It's happening to me. So he asks Offred to come see him. She goes in. He's being a real bitch about. (laughs) He's he's just cranky. cranky. (laughs) And he. This is where he says, kiss me. And she kisses him and he's like, like you mean it. And it's grody. And then she goes and brushes her teeth so hard that her mouth bleeds. Been there. So, yeah. So, um, hey, men, if you'd like to know what it's like physically and emotionally when (laughs) you've been assaulted, this is pretty damn close. Gross. Yeah. Pretty gross. Uh, And again, it's like we this scene, we don't get to almost no scene in this show goes without like a mirror scene. So this is a mirror of when she kisses Nick and it's very yeah. passionate and real. Like literally she means it. And then her, the facsimile of meaning Ugh. it. It's nasty. Kissing somebody you don't want to kiss is the worst. It truly it's is. so terrible. Ugh. 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 Don't you hate like 
Didn't you hate like when you knew somebody was going to kiss you and you could see them like go into kiss face and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is happening. So bad. A kiss face you don't want to see is the grossest thing <laughs> ever. And I think the only other thing we haven't talked about is the scene where they're moving into their house oh, and man. Serena Joy is getting it already and she's taking all of her non-wife color-coded and clothes her heels and, and her throwing books. them away and Nick carries the box of books out to the curb because she's not allowed to read anymore. And on top is her book, A Woman's Place. And then where does it go? In the garbage. In the garbage. That scene reminded me a lot of In a Wrinkle in Time when they're on Camazots and like all the houses are the same. Mm. Here, it's everybody's taking all of their Mm pre-Gilead clothes and books and putting them in the trash. Yeah. It's I I think it was just so upsetting to see the garbage truck drive away with everybody's books and clothes in it. And uh, I I don't know why it it hurt me so much to see that her heels were gone, but it did. And honestly, she should have kept it because a pair of sensible black heels go with everything. So to wear heels still. I know, but they took her like strappy heels, I think. Uh, Definitely no Manolos for really, Serena Joy anymore. That would have been sad. That would have been really sad. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Can uh, you imagine Carrie Bradshaw as a handmaid? And I wondered, <laughs> is it is the Lord opening minds? <laughs> Sorry, guys. If I had more time, I would do a better pun. There. And I had to wonder, <laughs> if the fruit is blessed, do I have to eat it? <laughs> Is that everything that happened in this episode? I stink and love this episode so much. This episode is good. You know, I had a couple quibbles. Yeah. Just from a believability standpoint. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a futuristic dystopia. And I love the show so much that I almost don't care. Yeah. Boy, that was a great episode. It was a great episode. So, hey, uh, follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Molly, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Sirius Molly. What's yours? Mine's at The Fatling. Wonderful. Fantastic. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe. All that good stuff. Uh, you already heard at the beginning of the episode, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit extra because we love them so sure. much. We have just started a partnership with Out, Out of, of Print, print Clothing. clothing. And I am so excited. You get 15% off with the offer code red all over. So when you're checking out, type in red all over, you get 15% off your whole order. And what's great about them is that they donate portions of every sale to help expand literacy. That means getting books to underserved libraries. That means supporting books for Africa. It's, it's an incredible organization. Uh, You know, we would talk about how much we like them, whether or not, we were advertising for them. And also just some like cool inside info we got from them. They cannot keep women's handmaid's tale shirts in stock. Yeah. If you go on the website right now, they're sold out, but we know secret information. There might be something really cool coming to their store either today or tomorrow. We don't know. So check back. We're recording this before this is going to happen, but there's going to be something really cool in their store that I think all of you are going to love. Trust us to know we wouldn't advertise anything we didn't use ourselves. I have so. like at least five shirts that I wear on a regular basis from them. Same. I'm wearing one right now. Yeah. Time to wrap up. Be kind to each other. Speak up in front of men if you're man. And no lite te bastardes carburandorum. Dum, 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 dum,